Howdy, and welcome to Wise About Texas, your Texas history podcast. This is your host, Ken Wise. Thanks very much for tuning in today for part two of Heard It on the X. Before we get started, I want to tell you about a couple of cool things that uh, I've been up to. I got the chance to interview the great-great-grandson of Quanta Parker at the Bryan Museum. They had an event called Visions of the West, centering around Western art and uh Nakona Burgess is one of the premier Native American artists in the world. Uh, he's a member of the Comanche Nation and great-great-grandson of the great war chief, uh, the last war chief of the Comanches, Quanta Parker. We had a great interview. I hope to be able to post that on YouTube soon. Uh, but more than that, we had a wonderful lunch uh, before the interview, and uh, we're going to do a podcast episode. is uh, a great artist, but he's also a great Comanche historian, and we had... A wonderful conversation. Frankly, I wish I'd recorded that, but uh, we'll we'll get that interview done, and uh, hope you will enjoy that. Since part one was released uh, a few weeks ago, the battleship Texas was moved from its berth near the San Jacinto Monument to Dry Dock in Galveston, and I had the chance to be on a boat with the Galveston pilots and uh, ride around the battleship as it was being towed, and what a tremendous experience that was. Uh, to see that ship when things calm down a little bit uh, I plan on having the head of the Battleship Texas Foundation come on and give a little update on what's going on that uh, USS Texas is the last of its kind uh, the last of that class of dreadnought battleships that fought in two world wars and that was a very significant uh, moment for Texas history so she's going to undergo a year or two of uh, renovation and then we'll see where she ends up also want to give Shout out to J.R. Shaw, the host of the Galveston Unscripted podcast. And uh, while I was down in Galveston for the Nakona Burgess event, had a little time and uh, J.R. and I sat down and uh, did an interview for Galveston Unscripted. So look for that uh, on the Galveston Unscripted podcast. Thanks, J.R., for having me on. Uh, He's doing some great things with that podcast and and, uh, pretty interesting how it started. So give that interview a listen. All right. Uh, this is part two of Heard It on the X. I want to recap part one for you uh, briefly. We centered around a guy named John Brinkley, a physician from Kansas, who claimed to have invented a cure for uh, male potency problems, and that cure was to implant the uh, glands of a goat into a person and claim that that would cure uh, any problems any man was having, and uh, he was fairly successful. One of the things that he did was built a radio station in Kansas. Uh, But as you might expect, the American Medical Association was not a fan of Dr. Brinkley's alternative medical procedure. And so Dr. Morris Fishbein, his old nemesis, the president of the American Medical Association, hounded Brinkley mercilessly, ended up running him out of Kansas and revoking his broadcast license. So Brinkley went to Mexico and built a, uh, the most powerful radio station in the world, blasting effectively a million watts of AM signal uh, all over the North American continent. The radio station XERA was heard not only in every state in the United States, but 15 other countries. And we ended part one with how the radio station was built 
and uh, how it was operating. But we didn't talk about what was on it. So today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what there was to be heard on the X. So we need to keep in mind that the, the United States was in the middle of the Depression when this radio station started. And uh, the music and the programming on XERA, which were the call letters of Brinkley Station, would take listeners away from their trouble. The other thing that's important to remember is uh, most of the population, I didn't look up the census figures, so I'm just going to say this without any backup, but I'm going to say most of America's population uh, lived in what you would today call rural areas. Certainly most of the listeners of XERA were rural. And so Brinkley understood that he needed to tailor his programming to the rural listener. You should also remember what this radio station was so powerful and so much more powerful than United States radio stations that in these in the rural parts of America, the, the only radio signal they would receive would be XERA. And so Brinkley decided to uh, focus the musical programming on what was then called hillbilly music um, to appeal to his country listeners, most of his audience. So uh, some of the artists that appeared on XCRA, Slim Reinhardt, Cowboy Slim Reinhardt, he was called Patsy Montana, uh, J.E. Mainers, Mountaineers, etc. Now, anybody that could afford to pay for an hour on XCRA could get on XERA. So in addition to the music, he also had uh, radio lotteries. He had fortune tellers. Uh, he had astrologists, numerologists, people trying to sell uh, fraudulent stocks, uh, all kinds of stuff, um, which actually did pretty well. Uh, they'd charge people a dollar for whatever they were selling, and the mail was pouring in to XERA. Um, one estimate had Brinkley's income, uh, between 1933 and 1938 at approximately $12 million, $12 million in 1938 would be 250 some odd million dollars now. So this was a serious operation. And of course we can't forget that every day John Brinkley would be on that radio station selling his, uh, goat gland operation. So Brinkley, as we mentioned in part one, became very wealthy. Uh, built a big mansion in Del Rio, Texas, which still stands today and, in fact, is a Texas historical landmark. His wife, his widow, lived in that mansion until 1980. So Brinkley's doing very well. So well that uh, Morris Fishbein was still trying to get him off the air. A law got passed in 1934. Uh, it was part of a larger law called the Federal Communications Act. And uh, one of the clauses in that law uh, prevented the transport of broadcast programs across an international border by phone lines or anything like that without getting approval from the FCC. The reason they did that was Brinkley would record, was set up a studio in Del Rio and ran lines across to his station in Mexico. And that's how he broadcasted his um, programming to avoid any heat from the Mexican government. That clause is called the Brinkley Act, and we in the legal business still call it the Brinkley Act. So Brinkley was getting uh, a lot of attention. He solved the problem, by the way, by recording his programs uh, in the U.S. and putting them on acetate discs 
and having him uh, smuggled across the border to be played on XERA. So let's go back to the music I mentioned. I mentioned a few names, but I left one out. And it was 1938. There was a family band from the hills of Virginia. And uh, it was a husband, wife, and the wife's sister. Their last name was Carter. A.P. Carter. His wife was named Sarah. His sister-in-law was Maybelle Carter. And uh, unlike somebody like Cowboy Slim Reinhardt or Patsy Montana, these were not singers that were playing Western characters. This was an actual uh, country band, literally, a band, a family band from the country playing uh, songs, playing and singing songs, just like they would have done on the porch back home in Virginia. So there was a certain honesty and authenticity to their music, and their appeal uh, was instant. Uh, for the first time, and, and there was really no other way this was ever going to happen except this border-blasting radio station. An actual family singing songs familiar to the rural families across the nation were now being heard all over the country at the same time. So twice a day, XERA and the Carter family delivered folks from their troubles, if only for a short time. Now, uh, so the Carter family had traveled down to Del Rio to play and sing on XERA, and they found a steady income in doing so. So it was a good gig for the Carters also. Um, and they stayed close. They stayed tied to home, of course, because the home folks back in Virginia could hear them on XERA. Uh, they were a massive draw for the radio station and achieved nationwide popularity. Again, in a, uh, there was only one way that would ever happen in 1938, and it was the way that it happened with XERA. And since it was um, heard all over the nation, there was a six-year-old boy in Arkansas who first heard Carter's music on XERA, uh, and his name was Johnny Cash. And, of course, Johnny Cash would go on to marry June Carter, uh, the second generation of the Carter family. Um, the Carter family became, their music became the backbone of what we now know today as country music. Now, I'm not going to go too deep into country music history, but the Carters uh, were, were the first and uh, the first hugely popular uh, country music group and continue through the generations. Carters continue to impact country music. And that all started on John Brinkley's XERA. Well, not only did the radio station provide uh, a way for the rest of the country to hear uh, the distinctly country music of the Carters, but it also gave uh, audience to other kinds of music that you wouldn't necessarily have heard that was even harder to hear, such as traditional Mexican music. Um, one of the early stars of uh, Mexican music was known as the Lark of the Border. Her name was Lydia Mendoza. She grew up in San Antonio. She actually began, this is the second time that Lydia Mendoza has made an appearance on Wise About Texas. I mentioned her back in episode 47 about the San Antonio Chili Queens because she got her start singing in those plazas in San Antonio as those Chili Queens would sell uh, the original Tex-Mex cuisine. Um, she made her first recordings in San Antonio, but they weren't even sold in Mexico. Um, but the, her records would get played on XERA. 
And so now all of a sudden, Lydia Mendoza was being heard by uh, everyone in the United States who had a radio. Um, so XERA was responsible for her start, and she uh, was one of the first very popular, and we'll call it, we call it Tejano music now, but um, there are lots of subgenres within the Tejano genre, but uh, Lydia Mendoza uh, got her start that way. She ended up, by the way, in 1999, winning a National Medal of the Arts. Um, so she, it's, it's another example of the sheer power of this radio station. There was nothing like it in the 1930s. No other medium could launch this kind of thing. So as I mentioned in part one, there were other border blaster radio stations that popped up after XERA. One of those uh, was XERF. Um, and some of the other music that was getting played later in the life of these border blasters was this newfangled music called rock and roll. Well, there was a DJ named Bob Smith, and he grew up listening. He, was, he grew up in New York City, and he listened to XERF and heard the, the music on there, and it was his life's goal to get on as a disc jockey on one of these border radio stations, which is exactly what he did. But you couldn't go on there as Bob Smith. He needed a better name. So he changed his name to Wolfman Jack. And he would uh, howl on the radio and uh, play. His favorite music to play was rhythm and blues and rock and roll. And uh, Wolfman Jack would be go on to become one of the most famous radio personalities in United States history. So let's think about music for a minute. You can draw a straight line through blues music, into country music, and into rock and roll. Um, and then, of course, if you're going to draw that line in Texas, you have to also include uh, what we call popularly Tejano music of some sort, uh, especially the Norteño music from the northern parts of Mexico. Well, the Border Blaster radio stations provided that continuity. They drew that line for listeners all over the country. Well, one of those listeners in uh, the late 1940s and 1950s was a young boy from Houston named Billy Gibbons. His father was a musician, and uh, Billy credits Border Radio for allowing him to hear blues and rhythm and blues that he would not have heard, perhaps, otherwise. And certainly the Mexican music, which so influences uh, Billy's band today, you know him as ZZ Top. Um, and they wrote uh, a song that I borrowed from uh, for the title of this episode called I Heard It on the X, where they name drop uh, Dr. B, meaning Dr. Brinkley, and talk about how uh, Border Radio influenced one of the greatest rock and roll bands in history, uh, ZZ Top. Well, unfortunately, Dr. Brinkley's uh, story ended a sad one. He had a heart attack, which left him in poor health. Uh, Morris Fishbein and the American Medical Association finally caught up with him. He lost, uh, he lost some legal proceedings that uh, found that his surgery was fraudulent. That led to a lot of malpractice lawsuits, millions of dollars worth of malpractice lawsuits for all the people he had maimed and, frankly, had killed with his goat gland surgery. But uh, radio lived on. 
and the border blaster radio stations continued up and down the border all the way to California. Um, and uh, on the positive side of the ledger, John Brinkley forever changed American culture by giving voice to some of the most foundational icons of our present day music. So we can all thank him for that one and, and understand how uh, one man's vision would change American culture forever. Well, now we come to the part of the episode where I talk about uh, getting there, uh, going and seeing some of the places I mentioned in the episode. I'm going to tell you how to get to the Brinkley Mansion. It is located at 512 Qualia, Q-U-A-L-I-A, or Qualia Drive in Del Rio, Texas. Put that in your GPS. It'll take you right to it. It's a beautiful house, beautiful grounds, and there is a historical marker to read. Still private property, though. Don't go knocking on the door. And ZZ Top is on the road as I record this, so uh, go check them out. One of the greatest rock bands in history and certainly a favorite of uh, every Texan, and uh, maybe they'll play Heard It on the X for you. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Wise About Texas. Thanks for listening today. Uh, Check us out on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Wise About Texas. If you want to support the preservation and promotion of Texas history, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Wise About Texas, and you can find the show there. Uh, We're also on on the Wise About Texas YouTube channel where you can listen over YouTube. Thanks again for tuning in today. Go out and do something for Texas. And until next time, God bless Texas, and we'll see you down the road.